Boy, I'd like to welcome everyone that's here, especially my family and Sharon from Woodburn and, and, and everyone else that's here. Um, there are handouts, so I'm going to let the handouts come. There's pins. You can keep the pins. They're cheap pins, but uh, I want you to be able to have a pen if you really want to write something down. As I, whenever I speak, I always tell people that I'm speaking to when I'm, speak, when I'm speaking on behalf of the Lord, not other speeches, um, that I'm sharing what the Lord has shared with me. And that's all I can say. This is what he's given me. So wait till the handouts, I will pray. Then we'll get started. I have a PowerPoint also. I can uh, thank Sharon, my former administrative assistant, for helping me learn how to do PowerPoint when I was working. Uh, I had to do a number of presentations, and Sharon said, you can do it. <laughs> so she helped me. So there there'll probably be some more handouts, but we will get started now. If you will please pray with me. Father God, through Jesus, Lord, teach us, O oh Lord, the way of your decrees, that we may follow them all of our time on the earth. Lord, give us understanding so that we may keep your law and obey it with all our heart. Lord, direct us in the path of your commands, for there we find delight. Turn our hearts toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. Turn our eyes away from worthless things. Preserve our life according to your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, just an introduction for some of you that uh, I haven't spoken to in uh, at Abiding Place. I'm Ron Gaither. My wife is Donna, and we were at our former church for 48 years. Uh, we got married in that church 46 years ago. Uh, we closed down that church in October last year, 2022, because we, the body of believers, had aged out. Uh, the Lord kept us at that church until the end. And this is the truest statement. We had asked the Lord for us to leave that church, but he will never answer. He never answered our prayers in this area until the church closed. So, and as Don and I have talked, there's a reason that he kept us there. And so, now I'm gonna share how I became, how I became to know the Lord. I've not shared this publicly in the content I'm sharing it now, and I, that's why I've asked my family to be here so that you can hear. I've shared bits and pieces. So this is how I came to know the Lord. Uh, in Sunday school, there was a lesson about Gideon using flannel graphs. I was seven years old. The fleece being wet and dry didn't make any sense to me. A day or so after this lesson, the Lord's voice came to me as I was uh, as I was by myself outside, and he said, 
I am real. I was surprised and frightened. I didn't tell anyone. It's only been, in the, it's only been since I've been an adult that I've shared this. I know now that his name is I Am. As disclosed to Moses, and Jesus said, he is I Am in James and John 8:58. My next encounter with the Lord at age 10 was when our another Sunday school teacher asked us, who knew Jesus? I raised my hand and next he said, you need to be baptized. I said to myself, I know Jesus. Why do I need to be baptized? Sometime later, I was sleeping at night. Suddenly, woke up and the Lord said, you need to be baptized. Scared me again and so surprised. I knew I had to do what the Lord told me. When I was scared to come forward at the morning worship since there were so many people, the Lord provided that a revival was happening at our church and the, and the evangelist came to Sunday school, gave an invitation, and I couldn't stay in my seat. I was the first to go forward. The next day after I was baptized, I was playing outside I was mostly playing by myself, kicking a ball. Suddenly, the Lord spoke again. You are a prophet. Now, this really surprised me and again scared me. I said, I don't know anything about what is a prophet. Then again, I never told anyone until these past years. This gift was dormant until my wonderful encounter with the Lord some years later as an adult of 20 years old. And I want to tell you what a prophet is. In the Amplified Bible, as Paul is telling about prophecy in the New Testament, the definition of a prophet is one who interprets the divine, the, interprets the divine, the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching, and teaching. That's the definition of a prophet in the New Testament. Simply said, I trusted in the Lord as I was growing up. I thought things were great with the Lord. He answered all my prayers, not only what I thought I wanted or needed, but everything always worked out. And I had to tell you, and I haven't shared this much, I was going for a job interview uh, when I was in college, and the recruiter said, how is your life? And I feel the Holy Spirit said, my life's perfect. It's perfect. Then, as Donna and I became engaged, the Lord took me to a place. I, I got to stop so I don't cry. And he, he, he broke. The Lord took me to a place I had never been before. Without going into details, he broke my spirit so that he could grow me in his spirit. He humbled me greatly. I now know that this was the Lord's discipline because he loves me. God's discipline is necessary for us to grow in him. I learned 
that unless I surrender totally to him, his spirit through his word, the Bible, I cannot grow in him. His spirit became so active through his word, the Bible, I'm still on that journey of growing in spirit through the word, through his word. I never know what he will reveal to me. Each year, I can look back and see how I have grown in spirit through his word. Donna gets to hear most of what, is, most of what the Lord is revealing to me. I have to share it with somebody. So Donna, here's most or all of it. Today, I'm coming to you with what the Lord has given me uh, a year ago, and it's flesh and spirit. So we have the, you have your handouts and the overhead. They will mirror each other. Flesh and spirit. The flesh, the physical body. We can see and feel the physical body, how a person lives their life based on their own self-determination. We follow a path or paths in life that a person self-determines. I went to a number of seminars through my work years, and they all said, it's up to me to determine where I'm going to go. I decide. I got a, a goal. Shoot for that goal. Stick to your goal. Self-determination. The Bible, God's word, definitions of living, being outside of God's perfect will. This is probably the best one right here. Being outside of God's perfect will is being in the flesh. The spirit, on the other hand, God's spirit cannot be seen by physical means, touch, smell, or see. We can see the results of the, of the spirit in the, person, in, in the person's life and living. Living and being insights God's perfect will as defined by the Bible. That is being in the spirit. We will look at how the word of God explains the importance of the flesh and the spirit. For the believer in Jesus Christ, the spirit is the most important. This is a very brief study of the flesh and spirit. When I say brief, read your Bible, starting in Genesis, in Revelations, all through there. This, the flesh and the spirit comes up. Each of these verses we will look at today are a complete study in themselves. This is an introduction to the flesh and spirit. This subject is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay, we got several points today. We'll get through them. Jesus explained the importance of the spirit. This is our anchor verse for, the, for this teaching today. Jesus said, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. That's in John. Before he had said this, he had told his disciple that, this is what Jesus said. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me, will never be thirsty. He also said, Jesus said to them, Verily, very truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man 
and drink his blood, you have no life in me. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Jesus is declaring a truth about the Spirit of God. This is the way and how the flesh person, the flesh person is to receive the Spirit of God. The Spirit from Jesus is our bread and water to exist in him. Let me repeat that. Jesus, the Spirit from Jesus is our bread and water to exist in him. Based on Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his flesh, his flesh, and he died in, and his blood that was sacrificed has become our daily hope and eternal hope. The words in 1 Peter 3.18 helps us understand what Jesus was saying about flesh and spirit. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. He was put to death in the what? In the body, the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Jesus knew that his flesh was going to be transformed into spirit after his death on the cross. He was foretelling how we as believers are to receive the spirit in our lives. He is our bread of life. We live based on his blood and body through the cross. This has meaning if I have received Jesus in my life. This, this was also a foretelling of the Lord's Supper or Communion. He told us we have, he told us we his disciples, we are his disciples. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. What did he say beforehand? Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We affirm his spirit in us when we participate in the Lord's Supper. The book of John said that after he told them about all these spiritual things, this is what happens. I have to say, uh, <laughs> uh, this happens, it happens today. This happens today. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. It's understandable that they would leave. They couldn't understand with flesh thinking Jesus, what Jesus had asked his disciples. Then Jesus, uh, they couldn't understand the flesh, with flesh thinking. Jesus then asked his disciples, if they wanted to leave like the others, Peter answered for the others by saying, now Simon Peter, he's another study. Um, <laughs> the man changed after he had his encounter, after he denied Jesus three times. He changed. If you don't 
I had to say it. If you, if you don't allow the Lord's discipline in your life, you won't grow. It's, I'm adding stuff, but I, gotta, I can't help it. Uh, scripture says in Proverbs and also in Hebrews, it says, do not resent the Lord's discipline. Do not despise his rebuking because he disciplined those he loves. Like a son he loves, like a son he loves. He's got to leave it like that. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's in John 6. Peter stated three spiritual truths. Peter didn't know he was speaking in the spirit half the time. Jesus had to tell him. But he was receiving the spirit of God. And like the song said today, we don't, it's God's goodness. It's him seeking us. Like in my testament, I had no idea. And he's the one approaching me. If it's up to me, I don't know what I would have turned out to be. I, I thought about it, but I, I'm, I'm pretty arrogant. I, I feel in my spirit sometimes I, I would have been messed up if it hadn't been for Jesus. Um, Peter stated three spiritual truths. They are who is there to go other than you. So I tell people, if you, you know, Christians who proclaim to be Christians, if, if you have a better place other than Jesus, go there. He, he won't stop you. You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. These are spiritual truths that are only recognized when we have the Spirit in us. If you have any thoughts and questions, now's your time to write them down. That's the reason for the handout. The second thing, the Spirit as defined as being born again. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. I need to say this again. Very truly I tell you, no one can see and that's another subject in scripture, the kingdom of God, unless they are born again. I can tell you a secret. Go to Psalms 1 and you'll see the difference between the righteous and the wicked. It tells you in Psalms 1. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. And Nicodemus came at night to check out Jesus, which Jesus said, not a problem. Surely you cannot enter a second time into your mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. You notice he said, see the kingdom of God and enter the kingdom of God. I need to stop. I can tell you another place to go that will tell you why he said that. Um, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows whenever it pleases. You hear, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone, everyone born of the Spirit. We are born of our mother's physical birth, our birth water. When we are born again by God's Spirit, he gives birth within, within us a new birth spiritual 
Spiritual birth is like the wind, as Jesus said. We cannot see it or control it. God determines when and how and whom receives spiritual birth. This is another spiritual truth that I cannot go into detail today. There is a big division within the church started many years ago in 1200, 1300, about this very issue right here. God determines when and how and whom receives spiritual birth. He's God. He's God. So I'm going to tell him how he's going to save people. you got to be joking. This is another spiritual truth. Uh, the only thing I will say is that we have free will to determine if we want to receive new birth by his spirit. God, Jesus, will not force himself on us. I'm trying not to. I'm holding back, okay? <laughs> Read Ezekiel 18. This stupid, I, I said I wasn't going to use that word. Uh, read Ezekiel 18. God doesn't hate anybody. He doesn't hate anybody. Read Ezekiel 18 and you'll find out exactly what his mindset is. It hurts him when people don't accept him. Comparison of two ways of living. This is what the Lord says. Curse is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence, in, confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear. When heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Simply said, with God, with God, this is God's definition. I am cursed if I, if I depend on flesh instead of God, his spirit, to live. It doesn't mean I won't be successful in an earthly way. I'll have influence. I'll have wealth. I'll have friends. It means that when all is said and done, at the end of my life, their life, we will know that our life has been like parched places of the desert and like a salt land where no one lives. These things will not give us eternal life and comfort on our deathbed. On the contrary, the person who lived in the spirit during his life depended on the spirit to overcome fears and worries of life. Being truthful, I know we all have had fears and worries. And the Bible from Genesis varies, always telling the believers, don't fear, don't worry. 
They, we are able to overcome the challenges of the flesh with the help of God's spirit. On their, our deathbed, they are, we are joyful and expectant of eternal life for Jesus. In Colossians 1.26, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in us, in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory, born again. So if you have any thoughts, questions on the comparisons of two ways of living, you can Write them down. This is the big one. The battle between flesh and the spirit. The battle between flesh and the spirit. Um, I've read some Christian history. I don't know. I know a little bit. Just enough to be <laughs> dangerous, I would say. Um, this has been an issue and Paul tells the result of people through the ages that thought they were believers, but they weren't, according to the word of God. He's got to be plain about it. Here's what he says, the battle between flesh and the spirit. So I say, walk by the spirit. You will not gratify the desire. For flesh desire, and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh? They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. There's a whole bunch of other stuff in here. He said, and the like. I warn you, and this is, this is a big one. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, um, God's not stupid. He knows all this stuff. The Crusades, I got to tell you this, the Crusades. First Crusades, very successful for them. They slaughtered. They said there was so much blood. They went over there and killed those people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they kill those people in the Holy Land. So that's being a Christian, huh? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is what McCann pastors preached on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, control such thing there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with his passions and desires. When we say, I gotta tell you another one, second chapter of first John, it says he's very clearly there, he says, if I think I am in Jesus, the the way to measure that, I must live like Jesus lived. So I'm going to talk about that for just a little bit. When we say we think we are true believers in Jesus Christ and we don't love people like we love ourselves, we are not living in the spirit of Christ. Note that acts, that the acts of the flesh are either sexual, outside of marriage, worship of anything and anybody other than Jesus. I'm going to get in trouble on this one, I know. I'm just going to make it sort of plain. Um, will any country save you? Will give you eternal life? Will any country in this world? If you read Isaiah 40, you can see what God thinks of countries. David has a prayer about what's going to happen to every nation in this earth. God is God. Okay, i got to leave that. That's another... <laughs> Other than Jesus, not getting along with others and lack of self-control. When my life pattern is like these things, I will not inherit the kingdom of God. Not my words, but God's word. The fruit of the Spirit are qualities that enable us to get along with people in all circumstances. People will want to be around us. Why did people want to be around Jesus? Jesus welcomed the good, the bad, and ugly. Friends and enemies. He was accused or identified with outcasts, people that others didn't think much of. That's what they accused him of. Jesus, why do you eat with and Talk with these prostitutes and sinners, tax collectors. Why are you doing that? Simple, Jesus said, no problem. I came to save people. That's what I came to do. People can depend on what we said. If we can't do it, we will admit that we can't or didn't do what we promised. We are gentle when we could be angry and get revenge. Most of all, we look for his spirit to keep me under control of all things in my life. This becomes a life of crucifying, putting to death what I want to do for what God wants me to do. My success in life depends on God's path he has set out for me not the path I have set for myself. Boy, that's a whole life story right there. And I know that if you know the Lord, you had a, I had a thought, I'm going to go this way, and, I, and I'm praying, and I didn't go that way. I went over there because the Lord had a different purpose for me. And I looked, had I gone that way, I couldn't achieve that purpose. So being in the spirit, our life depends on God's path. If there's thoughts 
and questions, you can write those down. Our anchor verse, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. This is in John 6. I have to tell you about John's 12 because Jesus always said what we don't say. In John 12, I can't remember the exact verse, he says, my father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. The words you hear from me are just what he told me to say. I know that his word leads to eternal life. Jesus is saying, all this stuff I'm telling you, I didn't make it up. God told me to say it. That's what we need to be able to know in our life. This is what God, this is what his word says, and I'm picking back off of that, or I'm following that. Here's a conclusion question. This is, I want to make it personal, to myself. This lesson is for me first and to you. I'm the one who had to listen to the Lord telling me this before I give it to you. So don't think I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself, okay? Do I want to live to please myself or to please God through Jesus? This is my choice. This is your choice. He won't force himself on me or you. Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, that's my choice. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What did he do with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and sinners? He ate with them. They loved him. I gotta stop. I got statement. Do I need to evaluate my life in God's word today? Do I need a new plan of action for my life in order to put to death my flesh, in order to live in God's spirit? I need all of you to do this. Pick up your sheet. Pick up your sheet. I need you to do this. That last flesh or spirit, put your name and your choice on your sheet. I ask this. You don't have to. I'm just asking you. You put your name and your choice, flesh or spirit. There is... If you heard my prayer when I opened the day, this is a prayer from the Psalms that I pray to the Lord all the time. It is asking the Lord to teach me, to give me understanding, direct me, turn my eyes, turn my heart toward him, turn my eyes away from work. I pray to him. That is what I pray to the Lord. Now, in first... Um, Peter, at the very end of 1 Peter, he says, we have this assurance that if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we have what we ask for. 
Not that complicated. Find out what God's word and will is and pray that. That's his will. You know you got the So I'm going to ask you all, if you can, if you can't stand up, it's okay, but we have the closing prayer. Nico, I need the closing prayer up there. I want you to all pray this. This is according to God's word. So I'm asking you to stand. We're going to pray this together. This is a prayer that we know, we know for sure God is hearing this prayer. This is his word, and we're praying this according to his will. Oh, whoa, I forgot. <laughs> so repeat after me. <laughs> okay, I'll go slow. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip us with everything good for doing his will, And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm done. <laughs>